Welcome to another episode of Two Age Sojourner, and uh, joining me today for Meredith Monday is the Meredith Klein scholar himself, the guy I've been threatening would get on this show, Dr. Chris, or Dr. Chris Kahi. What's going on, Chris? How you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Oh man, thank you for coming on. You have made the show. It's it's suddenly found credibility. <laughs> it, it wasn't credible before you came on. Now it's right, now it's I'm on. Sure. Uh, yeah, because we've been I've been jamming a few Meredith Mondays. I've pre-recorded a few and uh, just sort of got things started. Uh, but every single time, I'm like, don't worry, don't worry, it'll get better. We'll get Dr. Chris on, and uh, as soon as he's on, <laughs> things are gonna be good. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've just, I'm just really thankful you'd get on. We know, of course, that you um, are super heavily involved there with um, Glory Cloud and uh, to take on another. And, uh, you know, my hope is to get you on as much as you'll, you'll, you'll uh, be willing to, to, to do here as well. Um, but uh, just, to, just to point, you know, a bit of a front door for Glory Cloud, you know, if, if nothing else. Um, just anyone who is interested in this, just to constantly uh, provide them with some sort of uh, bridge even to the, the kinds of things you and Todd talk about on Glory Cloud. You know, maybe we could even just uh, take the stuff that you talk about there and kind of even just, just mesh it around here and, and just make sure it's super accessible. That, that would be an awesome goal from my side. Does that sound good with you? That sounds great. Yeah, totally. Um, but Chris, no one knows. I mean, well, this, I know a lot of the guys that I know will know you. Um, but for anyone listening to this, uh, who are you exactly? Well, um, I'm a guy who uh, did not grow up reformed. I grew up in a broadly evangelical home. I uh, discovered Calvinism um, when I was in high school uh, uh, under... James White. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> um, uh, so when I finished my undergraduate degree, um, which was in Christian education, I really felt like I didn't know enough about the Bible in order to be able to uh, teach anybody. And so I decided to go to seminary. I went to Westminster Seminary. Mm-hmm. That's where I sat under Meredith Klein. Oh, and yeah. that turn my world upside down oh, in boy. a man you got to tell us way. i want to i want to hear every part of that but we'll come back to that <laughs> later um so uh, going into the pastoral ministry didn't work out the way that i thought it would and right. i ended up going on for my phd so that i could teach and so since um the typological covenant of works in the mosaic covenant is so important to meredith klein i decided to work on that in yes. my phd Great. So that was your PhD topic. So you did that in Dublin? Yes. And uh, yeah, man, wow. That's a story on its own. You mentioned to me a little bit about uh, the, the travail you went through to get that uh, to get that done, moving all the way over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, who was your supervisor again? His name is Crawford Gribben. That's right. And he's the Reformed Baptist guy. Yes. Okay. So he's uh, lamenting his failure. He didn't manage to convert you to Reformed Baptist. <laughs> no, but he tried every day. No. Did you hear, um, I, I, I have gone Presbyterian? I did. I saw that. Do you know who had something to do with that? <laughs> and that was you, brother. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, that was your tin of tobacco. It's a bit, I'm, uh, I'm sort of at the last part of it now. Uh-huh. And it's just, uh, I got to say, Chris, it's unbelievable. I, I had this little thing where I'm like, let me put it down for a while. Let me smoke something else. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and so I went, you know, it's just, just nothing really hit the spot. It, nothing has that punch to it. It's just, and yet, if you go too punchy, it just gets crazy. So it's just this perfect, beefy, mellow smoke. Wow. Presbyterian. Why can't they make the theology as good as the tobacco? <laughs> I had a feeling you were going there. <laughs> no, no, the theology is great. And by the way, you're talking, you're not really talking to a Baptist. You're talking to a Baptisterian. So, hey, that's joined at the hip, right? We are, uh, that's right. We are joined at the hip. So, okay. So you did your... Uh, Supervise. I mean, your your PhD work under a Reformed Baptist supervisor. Did you guys get into any clashes? Not clashes. I mean, he he loved to uh, rib me and give me a hard time, but that's about as far as it got. Right. Uh, what was your PhD dissertation on? And uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, so the way that I was able to study the Mosaic Covenant as I studied history really was I looked at six different Puritans and the way that they responded to people who had been accused of antinomianism, uh, which is the theological position of being against God's law. And so since the law is um, summarized in the the 10 commandments, which are the the heart of the Mosaic covenant, um, I decided to use that a vehicle of antinomianism to get to their understanding of the Mosaic Covenant. Okay, totally. That's uh, and and so did that create a further interest in historical theology for you, or did it kind of turn you off? I mean, it is interesting, and um, I think it has really impressed me, um, impressed upon me how much we need to be in conversation with um, the theologians that have gone before us. Yeah. But um, I will admit that really quickly it gets old to argue about who believed what. Yeah, um, totally. Because at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. What matters is what God's word says. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a. I know. I, I know the the dilemma well. Um, in in the sense that you realize these men were they had great minds, and you know the value of thinking thoughts after them. But it's almost like it, it's when you pick up that they've gone on a wrong track. It's it's terrible having having to follow that through if you kind of lose interest and you and you know what you know what the right track is and you know where the right guys are. Uh, why do you want to spend time on the wrong guys or the wrong situation necessarily? I don't know if you found the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so who was your favorite Puritan? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> probably John Owen. I mean, he just stands head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of his theological and intellectual abilities. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus. Anyone that, uh, oh my goodness, did you just hear that notification? Please tell me that I blocked that out. Did you Did you hear that, Chris? Um, I just heard like <laughs> little bits in there and I so I couldn't even make out a... All right. Sweet. <laughs> a question. I'm sorry. So, welcome to the circus here at uh, Wainui between uh, <laughs> notifications and terrible, <laughs> terrible internet connection. You know, we get it done. It's it's New Zealand frontier style stuff. You know, we want something, <laughs> we make it ourselves. We need to smoke tobacco. We just grow the stuff. Uh, if we uh, make, we make our own beer, you know, we just do the whole thing. I mean, wow. Um, so, hey, Chris. Uh, moving on from the PhD thing. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and why you decided to uh, get involved with um, promoting Meredith Klein's stuff and the podcast. And just uh, give us a little bit of a, um, just if people want to know more, where could they go and uh, what's the story behind it? 
Well, I really got interested in podcasts in general while I was working on my PhD. Um, it was a great thing to listen to as I walked uh, to the university and and back each day. So I got to thinking, well, gosh, I'd really like to do a podcast. And what would I do it on? Well, um, I'm really excited about what Meredith Klein taught me. So I'd like to do a podcast about that. Yeah. Um, reached out to Lee Irons, who um, was also very interested. Um, and so we we launched the podcast in August of 2016. Um, anyone who's interested in following that can find us on all kinds of different platforms. We're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, um, Stitcher, Spotify, all kinds of places. And the website where we uh, host all the... The podcast stuff is meredithkline.com slash podcast. Awesome. Um, and uh, how's it been going? Have have things been picking up? Are people listening? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I really uh, honestly thought that it would be just 50 of our Facebook friends listening. Yeah, totally. And uh, uh, we're now up to, I think every week when the episode drops, we, we're getting like um, over over a thousand people listening, maybe 1200 or so. Man. So it has just completely blown my expectations out of the water. That's insane. That's such an yeah. amazing platform. I mean, just if you think about the niche involved, you know, it's incredible. Yes. Wow. So do but, you start, do you freak out a little bit when you do the podcast episodes now? You know, you know, you know a thousand people are going to listen <laughs> each session. <laughs> I, I'm down in my basement of my house um, and I just honestly don't even think about thousands of people. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would put, put a bit of a standstill on the whole thing. That's good. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And, um, that, that's great though. I mean, wow. I didn't realize oh, that's amazing. I'm really encouraged by that. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, and this, I suppose bridges into where we want to go and just, uh, we've only got a few minutes left, but, uh, you know, I mentioned in the previous Meredith Monday, um, you know, the kinds of things that got me incredibly psyched about, Klein and just you know the reason I'm excited right now hearing that people are listening to and getting involved in thinking about uh, Klein's work uh, th th there's a reason for that there's um, there are some lucid reasons for that I think there's something lacking in theology without that uh, what are some of the things for you I mean what you talk about having sat under uh, Klein's ministry or his lecturing and um, and your mind got blown what was can I mean just offhand? Can you think of one of the first parts of your mind to blow? <laughs> well, um, when all of the different and separate Bible stories that I learned growing up all became part of one cloth, and they were all about Jesus, yeah, um, it was really really exciting. Wow, um, that and you know the field that he was working in, biblical theology. Um, wants to see the intersection of eschatology at every point along yes. the line of history. Yeah. And that was super exciting as well. I know. I mean, just seeing eschatology in, in like the first few chapters of Genesis, yes. it's just, wow. You, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, you actually, rem uh, we just recently had you uh, speak at an Acts 29 conference and uh, yeah, one of my favorite, as I think back on that conference, I think one of my favorite moments was was you just saying, you know, us getting to Genesis three, and uh, you know, it's the end of the world right there, <laughs> the, the the spirit of the day. I mean, that's incredible, and that kind of thing is 
is really just beyond. I mean, so it's the cohesive unity of the scripture. It's seeing the way uh, eschatology has such a forceful place right throughout the story. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? Um, the way well, he so- spoke like Yoda. Must have been impressive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, wow. Now you get to experience that firsthand. We get it by uh, old YouTube lectures. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you, but you, you can know some he of spoke it. like Yoda. Yeah. Um, he just had some fresh exegesis um, that that was really exciting. And I mean, one of those places was Genesis 3.8, because um, most of our English Bibles say that uh, God was walking in the cool of the day, hmm. but the, the Hebrew phrase there, Ruach Hayom, um, Klein argues is better translated the spirit of the day, which really takes on, um, an eschatological final judgment day of the Lord hmm. flavor. Um, and, and I really think it fits the context better. Hmm. I mean, here God had told Adam and Eve, obey me or else oh, yeah. they disobeyed. And God was not just taking a constitutional stroll in the evening <laughs> greet. Exactly. He was uh, the offended judge who was yeah. striding into his courtroom. Oh, boy. That's, I mean, yeah. And then, the, I mean, just the mental image of that. And then what it does is it, it just uh, highlights grace because judgment mm. should have come, but judgment was withheld and, and almost prophesied to fall upon the son at that point, the one who would be bruised. You know, it's right. uh, it just highlights that reality. It's so so profound. All right, well, that's a good place for us to end off on this uh, Meredith Monday. I hope that gives you guys something to think about if you're listening in. Uh, the good news is we've got more of Dr. Chris coming up. Uh, so stay tuned for Meredith Mondays. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.